0: Oh, heaven! Don't want to go there. That was another thing. Oh my gosh! As a kid, I did not want to go to heaven. I was like, "This sounds awful." What are you fucking? You doing? Everyone you Jesus
1: that. all day. Everyone felt that. No one fucking said it. I bet you said it. You seem like the
0: kind of person oh, I did. I was like, I don't <laughs> think I want to go. <laughs> you know, saying my mom. I was like, I don't think I want to go.
2: We're just gonna, gonna like, sing these four chord praise and worship <laughs> songs <laughs> forever, ever. I want to die. Just let me die. <laughs> right. Can I just turn off the light switch, please? That's
0: literally, that's literally, that was my plan. I was like, I'm going to get to heaven and I'm just going to be like, yo, look, you're, you've you got some folks here doing your choir shit. Like, can I just bounce? Like, just uh, cancel me.
1: Yeah. You're like, do they have suicide in heaven? No?
0: <laughs> I know. Like, I want to stop existing. <laughs> this is exhausting. I did this my whole damn life.
1: You're telling please me that I me can't call being. it quits at all. <laughs> Never. Never. Dude hey everybody welcome to another episode of growing up christian i'm sam i'm casey and casey how's your covid recovery going
2: it's going pretty good it was kind of a it was a weird week. Like, um, I never got really, real sick or anything. Yeah. I just have, like, some crap in my throat and whatnot. But I slept a lot for me. Like, I'm kind of like a five to six hour a night person. That's pretty low, dude.
1: That's a, You operate just fine on five to six hours. I guess yeah. I'm actually generally in that. I feel like I'm in that. Category, but I'm always tired. Like I, I, it's not good for me. I, some, do you feel fine generally with five to six hours?
2: Yeah, I go, I go hard until like ten o'clock at night, and then if I'm sitting down, I'm gonna fall asleep in the chair.
1: Yeah. Do you get um? Do you have to set an alarm, or do you just get up?
2: It kind of depends. I usually set an alarm, but a lot of times I wake up before my alarm
1: like five thirty or something. Oh, my God, I don't even know that's possible. (laughs) If I don't set an alarm, I'll sleep till like eight thirty nine o'clock still. Well, that's what I did this week. I kept like
2: I would get up and like go to the bathroom or something and then turn my alarm off and then boom, like I slept like eight hours, a couple of nights, like April beat me out of bed a couple of times. Dr. doctor did
1: eight hours. Oh, that's crazy. (laughs) It feels crazy. But, but that's good. I mean, at least you didn't get real sick. Uh, I mean, that I feel like when you get it, it's um, it's there's like the, you don't know. Like, I feel like when you probably first are like you have COVID, you're like, oh, shit. Like, how's this going to go? And yeah, it didn't go too bad for you. So that's good.
2: No, it was like mostly just mentally weird. Yeah. Like, uh, you know, we live, as I've said before, like we live out in the middle of nowhere you know so there's nobody out here you can go outside do whatever you want never see another person you know and um so I had like plans during the week I'm like man I got all this time hunting season started I can start doing all these projects and stuff but like about midway through the week like I was kind of starting to lose it a little bit and like everything seemed like it wasn't working out like like oh well let's go fishing tomorrow and then the weather's garbage or let's go okay. do this and then something fell through and like it was Thursday night i had maybe a little bit of a like freak out <laughs>
1: <laughs> just like just everything's restful. bad yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i feel like it's like uh you know, that cabin fever vibe after fever vibe after a minute where you're just like like feel like you're going crazy and stuff. There's nothing to do, especially when you can't go outside. I mean you're you always have something going on outdoors. Yeah. Yeah. So I got a
2: lot of stuff done. But uh, yeah, definitely ready to get back into the swing of things. Like I got plans yeah. this week. I can't be sitting at home again.
1: Yeah. When's your um when's your like quarantine over?
2: So I guess it's like ten days from your first symptoms. So yeah. I think technically like Tuesday. Okay. I'm going to go back. So yeah, it's in April, like didn't test positive, but she's had like kind of just a cough or whatever. Okay. And she never leaves the house anyways. So yeah. she's fine.
1: <laughs> she's been quarantining for the past six months. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dude. So my morning got ultra derailed. Um As we almost didn't get on this recording. I, uh, you know, we're recording this is Sunday morning, the seventh, uh, for the episode that was coming out on the ninth. Uh so everyone has a little bit of a frame of reference. And uh my foster son does cheer. And he uh he had a competition today and was like asked if we would be able to go last night. I, I was like, oh, I didn't realize this was like a spectators competition. I thought it was just like something for the schools to do, whatever. That's not the whole spectator sport thing's a little weird right now. Um, and then it is like these competitions are hours and hours because different people do different things. And I just thought it was like for them, I, he had made no mention about whether or not we could go beforehand. So last night he asked, we're like, man, we, you know, we just have a lot to do tomorrow. And sorry, like we can't. Um, and it's like, that's fine. This morning he leaves. He had an interview at um, I don't know if this reference is gonna fall flat on people, but Cumby's. Uh, it's like a gas station. It's like a shittier sheets, you know? Uh, okay. You don't get food. They have food you can get, but it's not made to order. It just kind of sits on one of those like spinny, sweaty wheels that keeps it warm for a while. Um, but anyway, he's been trying to get a job there. It's right down the street. Great, easy. He had an interview there at six fifty, and then. He goes to the school for, to, do, to get on the bus and go to his cheer competition or whatever. He calls me and says, I'm on the bus on my way to the school for the competition, and I forgot all my stuff in the car. Can you go to the school and get it and then bring it to me? Oh. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Oh, my God. <laughs> my wife and I, were livid. We're just so fucking mad about it. So now she's like, kids are upstairs watching TV uh, she's on her way to do that. And I can't guarantee that no one's going to come knocking on the door to ask me for a snack or something like that. But uh, <laughs> that just, I was like, we, this is dude, this is riding off of, uh, last week. Uh, this Mike, so my kids have had hand foot and mouth disease all week. Uh, oh, my nephew has had that recently. It, uh, it, went around dude especially our friends group because we i did i don't think i said this on our last recording because uh i don't remember when we did it but it was we had a halloween party and then that serves us right that's what we get for practicing halloween right and (laughs) one of the kids ended up having it the next day is when like it all pop, all the symptoms popped up and then almost all the kids at the halloween party got it so You know, Jesus Christ gave us our due. He's punishing us for the sin of practicing Halloween, and I get it. Um, We repented, and now it's, you know, put some blood on our doorway, and they're doing better now, so that's good. But it was, um, we're going to have to edit this out because I don't know if this is an emergency. (laughs) I'm just going to mute my mic, and we can edit that. I'm getting a phone call. That was my foster son calling me to tell me he has no service. (laughs) Oh. I'm calling me okay. on somebody else's phone, but I'm like, okay, I'm not bringing it to you. I'm not on my way there, uh, so calling the wrong person. Anyway, um, so you got head, yeah, kids had head, foot, and mouth. Jill stayed home with them all week. Um, well, for what? Tuesday, it was like Tuesday, Wednesday, or Wednesday, Thursday, something like that. And then what? What, what is the? What are the symptoms of that? Like, what dude, does it do? It's, it didn't get. My daughter, too bad, but my son got rocked by it, and it basically puts um, almost like blister-like sores all around your mouth, your hands, and your feet. Um, he oh. got under his armpits. It gets in your throat too, like so he, he couldn't swallow. Oh. It couldn't, yeah, I mean, he it, for like two days he just cried. It was absolutely horrible. As a parent, oh, there's nothing man. you can do for it. They don't, there's no. It's like a virus, I guess. But there's no medication. There's, there's like a couple of like things you can do to like lessen the pain. Like uh, one of the suggestions is like mixing it's like Benadryl. And I don't even remember what the other stuff is called. That's an antacid. Uh, It's like a. It's like a a -a Malox. Oh, Malox. Malox. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like you can mix like 50, 50 that and Benadryl and swish it around. And that supposedly helps like, but the kids aren't really doing that. We got it. And it's kids aren't good at doing that kind of shit. Yeah. Um, and then, so otherwise, you just wait. Like, so he's got it around his nose, his mouth. Uh, his feet didn't do bad. He got a couple of, like, blisters on his thumbs, but, uh, but it was just his mouth. And you can see him now. It's like, just, he's like scabs all around his mouth. And it's like dried out, so he can't, like, open it without his mouth cracking now. But poor little guy. That, Jeez. It was, was true. Like, so they slept in our bed for like three nights. Um, and we would just. Spitting like, in your mouth. Yeah. And we would like just just to get him to settle down and like distract him. We would just uh, turn on the TV and watch something with them till they fell asleep in our bed. It was terrible, man. So, yeah, I don't know how bad my nephew
2: got it, but my sister was saying that he was uh, he's over it now. And they had like a week of relief where he was just like happy to feel better,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah. So it was well anyway while we we're in the middle of that whole thing the first day Jill's home sick with the kids he calls and is he calls her and goes I forgot my shoes uh for gym can can you bring them to me and she's like uh, no the kids are sleeping and they're sick I'm not waking up because I'm going to get a zero in gym she's like you should have thought about that before you forgot your shoes for school. Like, this is an every, this is a regular thing. Like, you, you've you been to, you take them all year. Like, how are you forgetting these things? And then that same day, he was like, he forgot a project. So he had to have Jill take a picture of it and send it to him. So now, with leaving his cheer stuff at the school, we're just like, all right, what are we going to oh, do? Oh, man. I'm going to, I'm about to like throw you through a
3: window. <laughs> I feel
2: like that's like one of those things that as a kid, you just don't understand why people are upset over it. Oh, yeah. You're like, well, I forgot. I mean, what am I supposed to do if I forget? It's like, well, yeah. you can't forget. Because <laughs> there's nobody to call later on. You know, you have to remember all this stuff. Make a list. <laughs> do whatever you got to, you
1: gotta to do. do. Get organized, know. you know. All the shit we used to do as kids that were like, you, can't, you it's so hard to understand. Like when your parents get mad at you, especially when you're a teenager and you feel independent and smart and capable. And they're like mad at you for being irresponsible. Like, because you're irresponsible, you don't understand what the problem is about the irresponsibility. It just doesn't compute. So they they can try to explain it to you, but it's like, yeah, I mean, it's just not, and it's just not a big deal. And that's, what's really annoying is hearing. I don't get the big deal. It's like, I know you don't get the big deal. (laughs) Just drop everything and run out here. (laughs) Dude,
2: I'm telling you, like, Sports is probably the singus biggest motivating factor for me not having kids. Like if I had to go sit through sporting
1: events, I would
2: <laughs> die.
1: I would die. It's I I'm not a sports guy as as you know, but it is it It is fun to watch your kids do that stuff. I do like Well, I guess some parents don't think so. I, obviously, we all grew up with kids whose dads never showed up for their events. Shout out to all the kids who are still dealing with that. But uh, I love it. I mean, it, when the kids were in soccer, it's fun. I mean, Byron plays basketball. He'll be playing that in the in – the. I guess that's the next season. I don't know when the sports seasons are still, so i outing myself as a total idiot here, but – I'm excited about that. Like it's fun to watch and play and go to the game, so basketball's not bad. Like it's I, I can watch basketball. It's an hour. Like football last year was a little bit worse cuz it's like okay, this Ugh. is like a couple hours long. It's fucking cold on these steel fucking bleachers. I was It's not I hate fun football.
2: Like that's my least favorite one to watch. I go watch a baseball game cuz at least it's warm. Like I don't want to do any of it, but I I can go to a basketball game Like I've been to some of the Wichita State games here and it's fun, you know, but football takes so long. I remember like my sister for a while, she kind of went between schools, you know, whereas I stayed in the little Christian one. Yeah. And for a while she was doing like sports. She did cheer with like a local team. And so we had to go to all these peewee football games and it was awful. Like it's so boring It takes forever there's somebody hurt like every other play and then like you're really just there to see her and it basically boils down to like every 15 minutes they get to run out on the field and kind of like do a little jig for
1: 30 seconds yeah i was so happy when it was over (laughs) (laughs) i could definitely see you not wanting to go to your sister's cheer game like the football games that would not i don't i wouldn't have i didn't like watching any of my siblings play well i guess only one of them played stuff i would i went to like a baseball game once and i'm like what am i doing here trying to be a supportive older brother probably went once or twice but i can see that you i could see you watching baseball because it's like the the only one you can kind of know what's you can know what's going on without having to really pay attention (laughs) yeah Baseball is easy to track. There, I mean, baseball games. I don't like watching baseball really. I don't watch it on TV. But going to baseball games is fun. When you just drink and eat and sit, and it's nice. And yeah, it's just like a fun vibe to, they do sometimes. Yeah, like I don't
2: think you'll ever catch me watching any sports on TV. Yeah,
1: like, I'll watch. Well, I I I went two two years ago. I went through a phase where I tried to watch football, and I was pretty successful at it. I watched most of the games and then I haven't, I just don't, I don't, I, I think I like the idea of getting into it uh, more than I like getting it. That's how I am with a lot of things like, Oh, I need a hobby. Cause I've, I don't have one. And, and people like this, it's a thing to do with other people, right? Other, everyone else is getting together to watch it. And I just, it didn't last. It's not, it's not for me. I can't like actually get focused on it. I can't actually like, learn the names of characters and characters of players. <laughs> <Those> <laughs> characters <laughs> Playing video games too much. Uh, uh, learn numbers and who's doing what. I don't know, dude, it's too much for me. I'm not going to invest into it. Like I, I tried, someone tried roping me into a fantasy football league one year, just because I needed an extra player. So I auto drafted and then never checked it. And they were not happy with me, but I just, I thought I'd get into it. I, I originally said yes, because I'm like, this will make me pay attention. Like maybe this is my way to get into caring. It's interactive. And it didn't work. I didn't do anything with it at all. So like people would get injured and they'd come out with my team, but I wouldn't bench them and shit like that. So I just wouldn't play. It was like terrible.
2: Yeah. I, I feel like in sales, that's like one of those things. That's an always an easy fallback. Like if you're into sports, you can talk to whoever about sports. Yeah. It gets kind of annoying because like some people just, oh, man, I had some people that like that was their entire life was watching sports, like especially college football, like in Michigan, like it, they almost went through like seasonal depression when the college football season ended. And You're like, come on, yeah. man. People like,
1: get into college football. I mean, as much as the NFL or more. It's uh, it's interesting to me.
2: yeah. I like a lot of stupid things, so I, I can imagine people say the same thing about stuff that I yeah. like, but uh, it just, man, it just never struck me.
1: Yep. Yeah. Dude, one of the things I think we want to talk about before we go ahead and introduce our guest in a little bit here is um, what the fuck is going on at Liberty University, right? I don't know. If oh, boy, what's the most recent? I mean, it's. It started with that guy taught as a Todd, Todd Lamb, I think is his name. I should have been a little bit more prepared, but um, basically this dude was, he, 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 was, he's calling himself like the whistleblower. Um, and this guy was not, I don't uh, really think so. We had a, I think we know
2: someone that, that has some inside information on the situation, and this guy is not a friend of this movement at all. Yeah, he's he's uh, basically trying to retcon his involvement and in covering up all sorts of things over the last like however many years. And what was it the the most recent article that came out about him? He kind of came out and said. That like they were making all these steps, and he's really trying to push forward like a better agenda that's going to keep students safe. We're going to put call boxes and security cameras oh, Prevo, in. Prevo.
1: And- You're talking Prevo. Yes, yes. This is uh, uh, Jerry Prevo. He's like the, actual, he's like the president. Of- this is Scott Lamb, is the one oh, yeah. I'm talking Wait, about. wait, wait. Scott left the university, he filed a lawsuit against them. Uh, a wrongful termination suit, I think. Okay. Um. And that's because he was trying to. So, honestly, someone that people should follow for this is Chelsea Andrews on Twitter. I think she's on Instagram too. Um, she's one of the Jane Does. So when we back when we had gangsta, uh, Zach Levitt from Gangster Capitalism, we talked about their Title IX violations, and kind of the gist of the story that's going on right now is that movement was gaining traction uh, and journalists had kind of picked up the story. Chelsea Andrews and a bunch of the other Jane does who are on pretty active on Twitter. A lot of them are, um, had this big interview with, uh, with, um, a certain publication and they, they, they kind of took out some of the, the, it, the Jane Doe interviews and, and replaced it with their conversation with Scott Lamb. And Scott's over there saying, hey, they did know about all this. Like, they keep pretending like they didn't, but there was a lot of shit going on. He's he's kind of been involved at a higher level in the university. He's, he's a part of it, though. He was a part of the, the poisonous culture. Yeah, I I don't know that's his way around it. It feels like if you're whistleblowing now and you've been in a position of power since 2018 and he's even putting out conversations that he had with Jerry, like where Jerry's pretending like he didn't know about it and he's like, come on, Jerry, you knew about it. And like you get the impression from these conversations that he's putting out that he was trying to, to make the university deal with it um and nobody would. And 3 years is a long time to not say or do anything. Maybe he thought it was a good time to jump in on it because of the the traction that the gangster capitalism series had and the Jane Doe who filed the lawsuit. Um so I don't know, but it, it, either way things have been coming to a head there, you know, they had a protest outside the university. Uh unfortunately, that protest got turned into what they like a just a call for independent investigation so they the universe into their these allegations, which is who that's that's not really what people were asking for, that's what some people were asking for, but that really detracts from a little bit of what's going on because they agree they had are a, a lot of the members have agreed to it, they're waiting for like I don't know, I think another board member or two has to like agree to an independent investigation, but I mean those don't always play out the way you want them to like it, what? So they do an independent investigation and Oh, Hey, look, you guys are actually in the clear and now we can all wipe our hands clean from it. Like that. Oh yeah. Like, when has that, it ever uh, helped in the political realm? Right. Right. That's like We're trying. We made a committee. Yeah. 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 So I don't know, man, but what's, I think what's difficult about this right now is that Scott Lamb is the one getting all of the, like the press, like people are really paying attention to the Scott lamb guy because he's the defector, but it's like, it's so frustrating for the, the women who are involved in this lawsuit. Uh, because they're the ones who have been saying this shit the entire time. And no, people don't want to no, know. People didn't really want to deal with that. It took a while for it to gain any momentum. Uh, I mean, I forget how many Jane does there are on this, but it's like, there's a bunch it's like you know in the teens right and you're like you have all these women saying these things about certain people on campus and they're all of a sudden scott lamb comes out and blows their shit up and it's getting some press and the jane does are kind of forced out of the narrative uh and he's the center of attention which yeah for me and it, just it feels icky it feels like I feel like he must've seen some writing on the wall and knew this shit was going to collapse. And if he was going to be involved in it in some way, so he needed to just like scrounge up everything where he, I mean, it does sound like he has more of a moral compass than the other people there, but it sounds like now like that it's like, Oh, I just want to change evangelicalism from within. You have those people who like stick it out for a while and they participate in something bad. And, uh, or maybe they were at a church that had to cover that, didn't deal appropriately even josh harris i know his name's not everybody's favorite right now but i mean he talked about that issue in his church right like there is an issue in, in the church that he yeah. was a part of where they they didn't just go to the authorities they they tried to deal with something internally when they shouldn't have and it's like yeah like people participate in shit like that and then but that doesn't it it feels to me like uh the writing on the wall for Scott Lamb in, in Liberty University and it looking so poor, looking like it's going so poorly for them. It was like, I'm going to get ahead of this. I'll-. It's like the one to tattle first is the one who doesn't get in trouble. That's I what think that's him.
2: what's going on. And it sounds to me like for the person that I talked to, it sounded to me like Scott did a lot of thumb twiddling and then aggressive. Track covering to try to make himself look like he did more than he actually did about it. And yeah person that I took to went so far as to say that he's a liar and has like used company or department resources and stuff to try to cover his his tracks on some of these things
3: yeah
1: so I don't know I mean like it makes me feel if he started recording phone calls recently it's like did he know he was gonna do that was he looking for his way out so he starts recording phone calls with people and so he can like, it's easy to be bold when you're recording a phone call and then for the sake of uh, using it against somebody later on. I don't know. I Look, it's all speculation. Uh, I'm not really trying to hurdle any accusations. I just have a massive distrust of anyone who's a higher up at Liberty to act like, to, to pretend like they didn't know enough. And when they found out that they tried and then it didn't work and now they're doing the noble and honorable thing of calling everybody else out. I don't trust it. I don't, I just don't buy it. I think the institution's too corrupt for that to be, for it to be that clean for anybody.
2: Yeah. They need to just like tug this old regime out, root and stem and start for, I mean, that is the only way you're going to salvage any aspect of the college that's still worth having, you know? I mean, we've talked about liberty a lot, you know, obviously because of our association with it. Uh, Neither of us hate liberty we had a good time there it was a really really like important pivotal part of our lives in a lot of different ways you know but there has just been this toxic culture there that has a lot of different effects I mean the sexual assault stuff is the worst of it but there is so many aspects of liberty that have been corrupted over the years because of this crony management and you know a guy treating himself as a deity on campus and and basically doing whatever he wants with the school's resources like it's got to come out. Yeah. And they need to get rid of all these people, all of the sycophants who sat and watched this happen for years and didn't make a peep, they got to go. You need yeah. new leadership in there and you need somebody to you need you need um you know, clarity and make sure that people from the outside can see exactly what's being done to make women more safe on campus, to yeah. change some of the cultural things with the LUPD and stuff that have happened there over the years, like transparency. That was, that was the word I was thinking. Yeah,
1: about. no, I mean, and then you have, cause you have Jerry Prevo who gets to be, a, he's the acting president essentially. I don't know if he's officially the president, the acting president, I forget, but he's, um, he's all like acting like this is news to him because he hasn't been here that long, but it's like, he was on the board, was the board of trustees. Like what he was affiliated with the university for, for so long. Like he's been an active participant. He's, he has, he's had push pull sway. He's, he knows what's going on there. And he's directly, I mean, any, he's one of those people whose opinions in, like influence the direction of that university because we know it's not just Jerry. We know it's not just one or two people at the top. They have, they have a board of people that they answer to. And those people are the ones that, you know, that make the rules, even like when it comes to the dress codes and Liberty way and stuff like that. I remember on when our time on campus, people talking about like, yeah, nobody, nobody at the top, like, Jerry Jr like a lot of these people they don't care about whether or not you watch rated R movies like they don't care if you wear college like some of these stuff some of the things that you had to do people stopped caring about but you you have all the old guard who who get to who have their say too and they're like just the old money like the, the old donors the people who pay like astronomical amounts of money in the school the people who have like influence over the, with the family and just like they get to make rules too, uh, and yeah. you to keep them happy to keep the money coming in. Uh, like and- I know I kissed my girlfriend in a dimly lit area, but isn't your boss like fondling a waitress somewhere?
3: Yeah. <laughs> no kidding, dude.
1: And now Jerry's like, "Yeah, we're gonna put a bunch of blue light thing, with well, the blue light call uh, phone boxes uh, around. Put some more lights up. Put some video cameras up. Like, dude, what school doesn't have cameras mostly everywhere?" I feel like that's normal, right?
2: I remember in the gangster capitalism when there was, he argued with one of the victims about how cameras wouldn't be effective in the tunnel where one of the, like her roommate yeah. had been
1: raped. I mean, I can't, you know, I know I've had to deal with some shit at the high school with um, stuff that's happened since Byron's been living with us. And, you know, they can, they could literally pull up, they can pull up cameras to look at any single part of that school. I mean, except for obviously bathrooms, but like you're looking at like, oh, where in the hallway was it? Did this? Did you have this conversation where this kid said this thing to you? They can look it up. Oh, we know who that like the school. I'm just like, I'm not convinced that most universities don't already have the ability to see what's going on around their campus. Like and Liberty seems way behind the curve on that. And I think that's what's like so gross about the whole thing
2: is that, you know, it's very much this like typical conservative, like protect my daughter over everything. You know, when the boy comes to pick her up for prom, I'm going to be cleaning the shotgun on the porch. It's like that culture. And then meanwhile, you have them just like resisting protective measures to an illogical consent point. You know, it just doesn't make any sense. And I don't know, man. They're just going to have to root these people out because it, it's poor leadership and it, it deliberately made people less safe on campus.
1: Yeah. and I, I mean, we'll have to keep tracking the story. I really am curious to see how it plays out. It's hard to imagine people with all this bad press, people still being like, I want to send my kid there. I'm sure they do. I'm sure they think this is just what happens to Christians who are faithful to God. They get persecuted i know you can always play that card when it's convenient so i'm sure, sure they is. will and they <laughs> are of course at the university you know prevo's all like well, you know we this is adversity that's going to make us stronger it's like shut up no no no, no. <laughs> you, oh uh, yeah i know it's super uh, you're facing a lot of adversity when people are asking you to stop uh, allowing them to get raped on campus yeah so, uh, so much adversity like my strong. severance package is in jeopardy. This is serious. Yeah, I know. Oh, my God. All right. I don't know. There's probably a lot more we could say about it, but um,
3: I can,
1: we'll see what comes next. Uh, they. I, I, I want to look at the uh, – see if there's any more fallout or information after their little protest that happened and kind of where that goes. It wasn't huge, but maybe we'll have some information on that next week to touch on, but we should probably – keep following this and uh, i mean we have vested interest in it we've certainly spared no words on liberty in our time there obviously and we, we like we said we want we want the school
2: to pull through this we want them to get new leadership to change these practices to be a safe place for students and then they can go about doing the things that we loved about liberty you know it, but there's no way that that's going to happen if we keep sidestepping these problems and allowing these dopey Offense to
1: just push the responsibility off of their lap. Yeah. I'm a little okay with the whole thing burning to the ground too. I, that's not, <laughs> I'm not super concerned. I, 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 if it could turn into a productive university where you get a good education, but there's a lot that has to be that fixed. Was, that there. was what I was saying. Yes. Yeah. yeah. If it, It's like, it has to basically turn into a completely different university, right? It's like, You have to be a new school, basically, in order for you to still be able to, for us to want you to exist. I don't know what that looks like, but (laughs) I don't know, man. Uh, I don't know. All right. Our guest is uh, Tori Williams-Douglas. She is uh, the host of a podcast called White Homework and a a podcast called Go Home, Bible, You're Drunk and she's great uh follow her on twitter she's a fun person she's a very active on twitter posts a lot very very funny uh she's a live wire yeah she she's a neat person her her podcasts are great i'm more familiar with uh with go home bible you're drunk because the premise is just funny to me something that's up my alley where they just read bible verses uh as a ex-christian maybe post-christian i forget what if um her co-host is is an ex-christian as well but they just kind of talk about them without trying to defend them just let them be what they are and it makes me it, it makes me think back to like the the bible study days that i had at Liberty, where you would like read verses that were awkward and tough and not know what to do with it and dance around it and try to make it seem reasonable and they don't do that they'll just read a passage and then be like what the fuck was that all about and it's pretty funny so <laughs> it's definitely worth checking out especially um yeah so i mean i don't know i get nothing else to say she's great uh, i hope you guys all enjoy our conversations with tori williams douglas
2: sam temperature's dropping leaves are changing i think we're well into the fall season
1: Yeah, uh, well into it. And the fall season where I live in New England is a premier destination point. Uh, It's a lot of people's favorite time of the year here. And it also happens to be my favorite time of the year. And what's better on a crisp fall morning than a great cup of coffee? If you're a coffee enthusiast, you're going to absolutely love Captain Cecil's Coffee Roasters. Captain Cecil's is a Massachusetts-based artisan roastery born out of a love for the sea and a passion for great coffee.
2: They offer a rotating menu of carefully crafted, single-source roasts and blends tailored to the season. From the light, fruitful notes of empty gold to the nutty, banana bread warmth of Nobska, there's bound to be a cup of Captain Cecil's that's perfect for you.
1: Empty Gold is honestly uh, an incredible coffee. Uh, That and another one of my favorites is 19 Miles at Sea. Uh, 19 Miles at Sea is a little on like the kind of caramel nuttier side. And then uh, Empty Gold is a bit on like the fruitier side. And I, I, I personally just don't like dark roast. I like a light to medium roast coffee. And those two are fantastic. The huge hits at my house. And we would have friends over and I'd, you know, brew a pot of coffee and everyone raved about it. It's a big hit. I mean, they're just absolutely delicious.
2: Knobska's definitely been the hit at my house. We absolutely love it. On top of great coffee, Captain Cecil's is committed to caring for the beautiful Northeastern shore that they love so much. 10% of all sales go to organizations like the American Lighthouse Foundation, who ensure the preservation of the historic New England coastline.
1: So if you're ready to welcome that autumn breeze with a warm cup of Captain Cecil's, visit Cecil'sCoffee.com. Enter the promo code GrowingUpChristian at checkout to receive 10% off your first order and free shipping on orders over $50. That's Cecils.com promo code GrowingUpChristian. Hey everybody, we're back with our guest, Admiral of the Ocean Sea, Tori Williams-Douglas. Oh my gosh!
0: I love that, (laughs) and I'm so embarrassed because that's literally like that was Christopher Columbus's title. Yeah, when he was was going to find when he was going to find India. (laughs) Just you want to find India, just go west, brother. Um. So yeah, no, I just I'm like this is this is so incredibly embarrassing, and I and so I love it, right? And anything like anytime that I go viral, I have a horrific Twitter name. Every single yeah. time. It's like sexual microwave <laughs> oven. There was you go. One, um, which is like a James Dobson quote, I think. Oh, really? That's <laughs> yeah.
1: really, particularly gross even for Dobson. And his That's our boy. Uh, well, yeah, because it's, yeah. it's, it's,
0: it's the men are like microwaves. Women are like crockpots. His whole bullshit about sexuality um, and how they're only, are like <laughs> they're, <laughs> they're only two gears. There's yeah. two genders and there's two gears, and you can't change it. So I've got
1: to it. Yeah, we're, we've done a lot of talking about Dobson uh, around here. We were Ugh. both uh, big fans. I don't know if that's the right
0: word. Yeah. He's responsible yeah. for
1: my sex education. Mm-hmm.
0: Same. So. Oh, my did God, Did you do same. Preparing for Adolescence? I did. Yeah, yeah we
1: keep there that, we go. We keep that book on hand. This is probably the fifth time it's come up, but we do keep really? it handy. We, you never know when you need to...
0: I know. A lot of I Dobson know. Quote. Seriously,
1: he's got a lot of. There's a lot of little nuggets in there for your everyday life.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, one of my friends is like, they're working on their thesis, and a shit ton of what they're using is like Dobson's original work, like stuff he really in the 70s before he was like the parent, Christian parent guru or something. Um, all right, that's now that I'm thinking about this, I don't know how he described what he did.
1: Yeah, I, that, I'm super interested in he, learning about that when that comes out. I, I don't know. I haven't read many theses, but I would definitely take a look at that one because uh, it's like, were you a? I mean, you're a real doctor uh, somehow.
0: Fortunately, yeah, yeah.
1: So what? I don't That's know. That's an honorary doctorate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's. I mean, it's a. It's you know, it's a mediocre white man doctorate. So. Yeah. Because like seriously, one of the people that he was working with, from what I understand from from my friend's research, was like an avowed white supremacist. Like, oh
1: come on! I mean, not. I'm acting shocked. I'm sorry. I know, right? And there's
0: there's no reason to be. (laughs) No way! I know. Um, and so it's really really interesting to kind of look back on my childhood because he was on every day in our house, um, and go like, oh, okay, so you like freaking out about prayer being taken out of school. Like yeah the gay agenda because all queer people are also sexual predators and there are no uh, sexual predators in our church isn't this incredible
1: yeah and <laughs> you're only uh and you're only queer because you're a victim of a sexual predator as
0: oh well Oh my, was a huge fucking one god right yeah. oh i definitely got that, that was, message
2: oh. that was the the way they happened at uh according to my church for sure
0: jesus christ i didn't i didn't that's not how it works i can i can attest to the fact that that is not how it works yeah well (laughs) yeah
1: i'll take your word for it and uh the word of many other people who also have exactly
0: like you're not
1: smart dude i don't know what your deal is but you stopped learning after you got your phd and you just went south
0: uh yeah he became like an ideologue right
2: yeah really that community's very good at like like they're very prone to just turning over the reins to uh, a centralized figure you know like well this guy's saying things that I like like yeah. <laughs> I'll give him full responsibility for teaching my children about important things like yeah. <laughs> here's what Dobson says and I can sign off on that I didn't read yeah. it
0: yeah but it makes I'm a lot sure easier. it's great that's wonderful
1: so you had Dobson on as a kid uh that was kind of your your education there so let's talk about i want to hear about your story because i've been following you on twitter for a bit uh, i've seen you with multiple twitter handles uh i like the work you're doing your podcast Your it's fun so uh, i was very excited to be able to talk to you about who you are and uh why don't we start with that well because as a as the podcast is called growing up christian sounds like you grew up christian and it didn't go great so i'd love to hear about
0: uh-huh. it. <laughs> yeah do you have people on who grew up christian and it went really really well um It's been
1: a couple. It's a couple. We've had. We actually want to dabble a little bit more in, uh, like, uh, Christian TikTokers and things like that. Like, people who are serious. Like, what's guys who scream
2: at girls in bikinis on the beach and things like that. You know, Mm. that's. That's our that's our target, uh yeah, guess he, he didn't list.
1: respond to all of our requests, but that's
2: oh, I wouldn't man. really expect
0: that what thing. about what about okay, but what about the dad that like made that video talking about his two like children's sexuality and how they had Forgot to be fully that. clothed because otherwise, uh-oh, if somebody like slips and rapes you, that's your fault because you yeah. won't have swimsuit. Oh. Uh,
1: it's weird. People like that, they really like to uh, they love to say their piece on the internet, uh, but I—you never really hear them having an honest discussion with someone who is trying to critique them. Like our favorite go-to is uh, John Cooper. You know John Cooper from Skillet. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We fucking Jesus hate him
0: Christ. so much here. Uh, <laughs> oh my god!
1: But he's I like as an artist, though.
2: He's
0: like, 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 like fashy now, isn't he?
2: Did yeah, he look oh, full yeah.
0: fascist? Yeah, yeah. So disappointing. It's fun,
1: and also he went full black hair dye on his beard.
0: Whoa,
3: yeah whoa. Jesus, looks, He, he
2: looks like Creed from the office when you no! put the toner <laughs> in his hair. <laughs>
0: this is awful. I have nightmares. But
1: we we he'll 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 go off all day long uh and, and make oh. a lot of awkward Instagram videos and
0: uh, but, but he won't respond. To he'll anybody? never
1: he'll never go on like I mean I know people who have tried to get him on their podcast yeah, to be yeah, like let's yeah. just Let's talk about this because you're criticizing, uh, you know, ex-evangelicals or liberal Christians quite a bit, uh, but you're never they're never welcome to the table to have the conversation with you. So you kind of you don't get to just set them up and knock them down every single time. Uh, but th- those people generally like uh, his one of his pals, like, like Alyssa Childers, she also oh, yeah. they kind of run in the same circle. She won't really respond mm-hmm. to those types of requests and not just from us. She, we're not really like
0: people out too. So it's like, honey, if you're gonna, if you're going to dish it out, you gotta be able to take it.
1: I know. So And people yeah. with bigger platforms that like, we're not, uh,
0: no, probably... I understand what you're yeah. saying. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's wild. Anyway, anyway, we
1: went that road. Uh, mm-hmm. what, so tell us a little bit about your upbringing. What kind of, uh, what was, what's the world in which the Christian world in which you were brought into
0: yeah uh well it was extremely extremely christian i'm definitely one of those people who joked about being born on the pew um and uh so my parents were evangelicals um you know before before they got married so they've been on this journey together now for well over 40 years (laughs) um and So, yeah, I like I came along and uh, my mom, just as an example of of where we were, like ideologically, my mom wrote in my baby book that my favorite toy was this little um, squeaky toy that was a white elephant. And she hopes that that meant that I would be a Republican when I grew up.
1: Okay, that's
0: (laughs) (laughs) my mother is white, by the way. I am not. So, <laughs> just for, just to just to clarify, that is what is happening here. Yeah, it's a little on the, uh, uh, a little uh-huh. on the trunk. <laughs> <laughs> I love elephants, though. I really do. They're precious.
1: They're fun. <laughs> I, I rode one once as a child at a fair. Oh, uh, that's well, my that's, only elephant story. I'm done that's now.
0: sad. Mm.
1: I know, really. Uh, Yeah, that's probably not something to just throw out there anymore. People don't really love it and be like. It's almost like shooting her on bay It's people. just one, oh my God, shut up. <laughs> no. Okay. zoo jokes. It's not
2: great. I, okay. I hate elementary
1: Sam. I'll just put it out there.
0: Oh my God. No. Oh gosh. Oh, poor baby elephants. No, it's 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 fine. Just tell tell people like, yeah. Elephants, baby elephants get treated like evangelical black children of white mothers get treated, which means they get the shit beat out of them for oh everything. Boy. Ooh, was, that a,
2: was that a staple at, at your house? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Big on that, the spanking.
0: That, that song was on repeat. Yeah. What, what song? Getting Hit.
1: Oh. E. Not a real song. <laughs> Unless they played music Euphemism. to it, in which that's very, very dramatic.
0: Euphemism uh, for closed
1: fist beating.
0: Yes. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> sure. I mean, it makes sense, right? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So that was a disaster. Uh, thanks, James Dobson. I hope you rot in hell. Uh non-existent hell, rather. I know. Um
1: it's a bummer. Yeah. It sucks to realize that they're gonna when you don't believe in hell anymore, it sucks so bad to realize that there's <laughs> gonna be so many terrible people who aren't hanging out there.
0: Oh man. Just I warm mean, food. if all the terrible people are going to heaven, like send me to hell, that sounds great. <laughs> I'm fine with this, honestly. If you think about the company. Yeah. Boo. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what part so, of the country were you in?
0: Uh so I was born and raised in Portland, Oregon um it's pretty liberal there it's on fire as you can clearly see behind me my home is on fire um and yeah it is it is very liberal and i noticed as a very little kid that like the people that i saw around town who were in crisis were disproportionately black people um and that like that bugged me like as a really little kid um i've always been very kind of oriented towards justice. And so I don't know exactly why this was, this was a thing that I picked up on, but, um, but I did. And uh, I didn't like how I was parented. And uh, I told, I told my parents this regularly. They were not thrilled and somehow threatened. Like I don't understand how you can be threatened by a nine-year-old saying that you're parenting poorly, unless That's you feel a thing, fascinating. <laughs> right? Like if you That's- don't, just saying that,
1: that's super insightful because uh at 9 years old I was convinced that you know you most kids are still convinced that their parents are right about everything and that that's the right way to do things so for you to have come to that conclusion oh either your parenting was awful truly terrible or um say you were a little
0: call a, a little called me <laughs> or you're <laughs> very
1: insightful
3: <laughs>
0: um so yeah no, my my mother did not like the fact that I did not appreciate or approve of her parenting, and I, you know, I'm sure she took some of that out on me too. Yeah, seriously. Uh, you know, it's funny. Is I'll she show actually, you. She, I know. I'm like, again, how are you threatened by a child? Like, kids say shit. Just move on with your life. But yeah, <sighs> when I, but then when I got older, and I was like in my early 20s, my mom told me that she so resented. My, my both my parents are still in right. They're they're like Trump voting Republican bullshit, anti-vax mongers. Um, and but yeah, when I was in my early twenties, my mom for some reason pulled me aside and she was like, it, "I really I really hated the fact that you were always telling me that I was a bad parent. and I couldn't wait for you to have a kid so that I could tell you how you were parenting wrong." Cool. It's huh. uh-huh. not
1: supposed to go that way. You're supposed to say so that way you know how it feels when your kid tells you that. It's a little weird when the parent wants to it's just like, rub your nose in it. And, I
2: hope you have a kid, down. and I hope it sucks.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like mom. Ma- well, what's so interesting is like when when I had kids, I was like, wow, my parents made this really difficult for no goddamn reason on themselves. It made it difficult on themselves. Like it is more work to be a shitty James Dobson, Michael yeah. Pearl following parent than to just be nice to your fucking kids and treat them as humans. And you know when you do. The former, your kids usually don't really care for their childhood that much. Turns out, yeah. I don't know. Um, it's funny.
1: I have I have two uh, kids. Uh, okay. There, yeah, and feel the same way. I'm like, okay, like because I mean, my wife and I, we were late uh, to we were late on the ex evangelical move. Like we were we were like still bought in pretty hard into our, like our mid twenties.
0: Mm. and um, oh i didn't leave until i was 30 it's fine okay
1: great so (laughs) a lot of that plenty of stuff in common there so yep you know but having kids was kind of like around the same time they were shifting Uh out but we we decided before we even had kids even when we were still on the evangelical train like that we weren't gonna hit them ever Mm. and Mm -hmm. it was it's just it's such an interesting thing to think about as a parent and looking back at like your own childhood and it's like I don't, I, I don't want to do like it. People act like, I, how do you like, we've had that conversation even with our parents. And they're like, your kids are so great. They're so well-behaved. i like, they're like surprised that we don't spank them. And it's like, mm. that's, I, I was like, yeah, I, I'd say that. That, But that's why, like, that's right. why they, uh, they're a little bit we more can, well-adjusted.
0: We can have conversations <laughs> with them. My kids yeah. are at least at the age where we can have conversations with them. And it's, it's really cool. And kids are very on board with, Basically, any kind of boundaries you put up, as long as you give them some amount of say in it, it's really wild how you can literally like for most kids, it's like, do you want to put on your PJs or brush your teeth first? Like, those are choices and they'll, they'll actually choose yeah. one. I'm, I'm, you know, my youngest now is like, no, mom, neither. No. <laughs> <But> it worked <laughs> for a long time.
3: <laughs>
2: yeah. That's a classic sales technique. Yeah. I uh-huh. teach people uh-huh. to do that uh-huh. all the time. <laughs> I, don't I didn't think about it as a parenting technique.
1: Yeah, you it could be a great parent.
2: Kids you're are just like
0: a... thrilled to be able to make a choice because it's a brand new thing for them because they're brand new people. Uh, yeah, it's and
1: there's like wild. stuff to get excited about. Right. When you look at the things you can, when you become an adult and you look at the things that your kids get excited about, you're like, I. Ah,
3: <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> a
1: general yeah. sense of uh, yeah. joy over everything. You're like, that's oh, crazy. Oh, no. I, I forgot about Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Those are fun.
0: Those
1: like the good ones, not just the bad ones. The <laughs> I mean, bad ones are there a lot, so I'm pretty familiar with those, but
2: <laughs> I feel like uh in those we've talked about it a lot, but like the uh when you're in a place where especially in that community, where none of the kids are really like my little group of people that I hung out that was, you know, my entire planet for a while. Right. Like none of us were doing anything bad. Like we were all well behaved. Nobody was doing it. I mean, even like even like things that aren't a big deal now, like we weren't. Nobody drank. Nobody smoked. Nobody did a whole number of different things. But right. they find things to be upset about, you know?
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, just as an example, because I have to make everything about race. You can't hear me rolling my eyes. Um, my mom was like convinced that all of us were going to join a gang. All oh, of her like I can little see why you bring suburban, raised, homeschooled, always in church, like don't even know what drugs are. We were all just gonna join because it's just, I don't know. It's a I was gonna it's like it's a cultural thing, no, because you again like you raised us in that culture, like. What was it? It was just like, oh, you're black, I guess. So that means drugs and gangs. Uh, I feel like that was
2: kind of like almost like a satanic panic sort of thing at that time.
0: Uh Like Uh
2: people that age were freaked out about gangs for whatever reason. Probably Geraldo did an awful special on it or something.
0: Oh, probably. That's true. No, there were were actually there were a lot of awful specials on. (laughs) Hey, how can we (laughs) be racist but not
1: get called out on it. Get called out
0: (laughs) crime.
1: Yeah. Black on black crime. Like all
0: of the things, all like every single crime that you will ever see is being committed right now by this black youth walking down the sidewalk with his pants sagging a little bit.
1: Oh, the sagging pants, they harped on (laughs) Like, again yeah
0: i just none of it makes any goddamn sense to me in retrospect um i didn't think my parents were very smart people uh but i was like you were shitty parents and i knew that pretty much from the jump
1: that's so interesting I, okay, I have a question about your about your parents then because um you haven't said it but i'm gonna go ahead and speculate and i know that's wrong but your dad's black yes okay uh yeah you didn't mention adoption or anything like that. So I figured I'd go out on a limb No, um, but
0: I do refer to my mother on Twitter as my bio mom. Okay. For con- Just just so people understand our relationship. Like this is my biological mother. I don't have another one, but <laughs> this
1: is her. <laughs> I know. I, I, that was my follow up. I was like, okay, so is there another, was there another mother in the picture after a while? Uh, so what was that like then? Like, so if you're, if, if you're feeling even at that age, at a young age that, um, Maybe uh, were you, you're picking up on these kind of like just odd racial biases that your mom seems to have, even towards her child. Uh, mm-hmm. What was that like between your parents? I mean, did you, was your dad part of these conversations? Did he d- talk about race with you guys?
0: Um. So no, not really. Uh, my dad had worked a lot, mm-hmm. um, and I don't even think it was like. It wasn't, like, an avoidance thing. Like, we were just really fucking poor. Um, so it was really... And I don't remember my mom making these, like, explicitly racist statements when my dad was around. But she would, like, talk shit about his family all the time. Um, she would intentionally harass his family. Um, like, yeah. he She would, like, misspell and mispronounce their names on purpose. Because she didn't like how Aww. they were spelled. That's cute. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, she's a fucking bigot. I hope she hears this. Hi, mom. She's never going to look this <laughs> up.
1: So how's your relationship with your mom now? No. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah, well, actually, I, I did tell her. I was like, um, I am so excited to have a really good conversation with you as soon as you set up an appointment in family therapy for both of us to be there and have a talk. And until then, leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> so, well, I imagine friend, they're not
2: big on therapy.
0: Uh, I mean. You know, sometimes people change.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Our friend Stephanie Drury suggested that to her parents, and that was the last time they ever spoke to her. So,
0: yeah, that's where we're at right now. But I mean, it hasn't hasn't been that in evangelical years. It hasn't been that long. So,
1: So were you like all up in? I mean, you said you didn't even leave evangelical until your thirties. So, I until your thirties. So, I imagine like your childhood was very much wrapped up in that youth group. The whole like shebang. Yep,
0: yep, pretty much. Um, We uh, went to this, um, we went to an assemblies of God church. And you know, both of my parents are like, Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I said that as a question, like, they would, they would, they would call themselves that. Uh, so yeah, that was like, church was basically my entire social life. Because I yeah. wasn't allowed to hang out with people who weren't Christians. Um, because again, gangs, all these white kids (laughs) who live in the suburbs, they're going to make sure that we get put in gangs.
1: (laughs) You need your local (laughs) chapter. Come on.
2: (laughs) It could be. Was it a diverse group of people at the church or was it Uh -uh, primarily white?
0: No, it was, I I would say it was less than, I would say it was less than 5% people of color. So overwhelmingly That was better than the church I grew up in even even for portland it was overwhelmingly white so yeah yeah yeah. i know
2: so did you have anybody to like the the feelings that you had about like inequality and things like that was it did you have any kindred spirits growing up that were like yeah i see what you mean or i feel the same
0: Um, way i mean like as as a kid no uh like not really, like, it was different once I like got to college, but like, yeah, as a child, I was just, every time I would bring it up to my mom, she would just like laugh it off. Um, and my mom was really the only person that I could talk to because she made it that way. <laughs> so yeah. God. Um, But yeah, once I got to, you know, once I, you know, I went to Bible college for a year and, um, but actually was able to have like conversations with people, which was really cool. Um, I what like Bible talking. college did you go to? Northwest University in Kirkland, Washington. It's an Assemblies of God school. So okay,
1: it's... I know there's a lot of Bible colleges, but there's also some like a few uh-huh. big ones. So I wasn't sure if it'd be one. No, it wasn't
0: that, one of the popular like, ones. Was like one a word, of the cool kids? Like
1: a Word of Life. Uh, Bible Wait, which Institute. one is that again? They're in New York. Oh, like okay. Yeah, one I'm of my familiar. siblings. One. one of
0: my siblings went to Rhema. <laughs> there's That. Uh-huh, maybe i bible don't know College.
1: as many bible colleges as i thought that
0: one's all that one's like <laughs> that one's charismatic too it's okay oh no,
1: we weren't we were not down with the charismatic
0: oh okay see this is this is fun for me because i'm like i didn't really i mean i knew that there were people who weren't charismatic but i didn't really know what that was i was like are you so you're catholic <laughs> like
1: yeah that's funny because we were like <laughs> i know those people are out there
0: <laughs> yeah
1: not here, thank it's God. Like- <laughs> I mean, I'm not fucking with that. That's for goddamn sure. It's, it's scary. Probably like-
2: pretty similar if you like distilled all of the emotion and uh, feeling out of your church experience. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> hands in Can your we? pocket. Get really worked up over things like, uh, you know, using an overhead to put the lyrics up instead of using hymnals.
0: Oh boy. Like that sort oh, of boy. stuff. You know. We actually had like drums and electric guitar in our church. I don't oh, know if that yeah. means anything, but we yeah. did
1: have uh we did have like a, a band that was like would do all that. And you know, we were pretty proud of it. We, that's, in mean, the that's area cool. in the area we were we had uh,
0: you were an actual band?
1: One of the more upbeat bands. No, I wasn't. I, that
0: Oh, um, I see.
1: I just mean like our church had like a good sized band, a lot of instruments, and it really People bragged about it outside the church walls. Yeah, same. That was, we that have was some
0: literally that was literally music. like my parents' church does this really big like uh, choir performance um, event. It's like two weekends long. It's kind of intense, Whoa. Um, and they have like a full orchestra. And um, yeah, it's but that's kind of how they do like community outreach because it's free. So this is kind of like their big thing to like get people to come check out the church. Um, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, we, we, we had, we had lots of music that was mostly decent, honestly, like there were really talented people at that church, still are. Um, and, you know, I was, I would play like in the youth worship band sometimes, but like, yeah, it was just, I was always there. So it was like, why, why would I not be doing that? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Tori's here, put her on keys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> so I had
1: this dream of playing drums for the church band, and uh, never, I never got the opportunity to embarrass myself publicly. So,
0: well, you know, <laughs> the Lord works in mysterious ways.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, was it like? Was there a?
2: I'm, I'm always curious at like people's experiences in that environment especially if you stick with it for a while i mean it's different if you just sort of like ditch it at 18 or whatever you Mm -hmm. know when you leave home but Mm -hmm. when you stay with it for a while was there a, a strong like sense of community in that church group i mean did you have like a lot of friends were people involved with each other
0: um so i started going to another church pretty quickly after i turned like 18 19 um and yeah, I mean, it was, it was, it was legitimately fun. Like we would, you know, we would do church on Friday nights. So we were kind of cool. And then we'd have like food oh. afterwards. Like they'd actually like bring real food. It wasn't, it wasn't like potluck. Like they would actually order stuff. Um, and cause they wanted everybody to like come hang out. And then, so yeah, we would, we would do that. That was really fun. And then obviously like once I turned 21, like after church, we would, go to bars so whoa a little wild i guess for you know and like i'm trying to think about this like some people like some people were some people were obviously having sex i wasn't one of those people at that point um i swore <laughs> off sex for a little while i was like okay i'm gonna repent <laughs> and-
1: we had a couple of born again virgins in the group i'm sure
0: see like see how long i can make this shit last um <laughs> so yeah i was i was i was very terrible at purity culture uh that was yeah was very terrible at purity culture it was very terrible at being straight um it's like That's- all these things that i was failing at horrifically horrendously <laughs>
1: That's worse. Than, that's having a hard time being straight. It's a little bit worse than having a hard time at maintaining the old purity culture vibe. That does there's a, there's a lot of grace for people yeah. who repent of their sexual immorality, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. The, the straight, not mm-hmm. being straight thing is not uh that's not an easy one. Did you have any, yeah, like, was that something you as identified? As well. I'm sorry. Was that something you identified as a, uh, when you were younger? Um, or did you just kind of like kept, uh, on the DL? Or was it like something you kind of um, started realizing about yourself? I mean, as I didn't, I
0: didn't, I didn't identify that way, uh, until I was a little bit like, until I was in my early 20s. And even then it wasn't like a thing where I was like, oh, I'm out. Right. It was just, um, whenever friends would come out to me i would just like make it about me i guess <laughs> like really like, oh, okay well i'm i like i'm queer it's fine um but yeah like i mean i i guess i knew i was sexually attracted to people who were not men um you know definitely by high school yeah that's usually how that works <laughs> um some
1: people repress it pretty hard and they don't that's actually true. That's realize fair. it that's, fair. that's really what i was kind of getting yes at. like if like yeah. if i was i realized at 14 that i got sexually aroused looking at attractive men i'd be like no that's not what's happening here <laughs> and then you'd like move on
0: <laughs> that's fair that is absolutely valid um yeah it was no it was it was it was wild like it was definitely not a choice i'll say that like i was in church every fucking week i was in church more than jesus and i was still extremely gay so um <laughs> yeah that's not how that works at all <laughs> i'm sorry attraction well, not not a thing to that you, here, to say sexual you attracted orientation it's it's not something you just choose from a list
2: did you have to yeah. go through any sort of like conversion therapy or special attention or anything like that
0: no no i mean i definitely like pretty much kept it on the DL, I guess, in the way that it was like, okay, well, like I'm clearly not only attracted to men, so that's a thing. Um, but I also can't do anything about it because that's sinning, so it's fine. Um, I'm just gonna like roll with not really saying anything because, yeah,
1: yeah, 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 that makes sense. Did um, so when you said it's like, so you said you did a year of Bible college, um. G-
0: had sex, really good sex at Bible College. college. Nice just, work. I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like, I just want to, I just want to, like, put that out there. It's a thing that can happen.
1: It, no, you're lying. <laughs> so we'll move on from this quickly. Okay.
0: No. <laughs> no, everybody's like, well, not everybody, but people have asked me because of purity culture. Like, oh, was it really traumatic for you the first time you had sex? I was like, nope. I mean, PIV sex. Let's let's be clear. It um, it's like, no, actually it was awesome. So
1: (laughs) that's so interesting that. that you didn't. Okay. I'm, I'm fascinated by your perspectives only because, um, you were comfortable critiquing your parents, parenting when you were nine, like you're very, there's something about you. That's just like, almost like, even though you were like in that culture and participated in it, there was a resilience to some of the aspects of it that seemed like they didn't like sink in the way that they did with some other people for you to be able to not feel guilty about sex or to be able to like call out bad parenting. And like, I'm guessing that those aren't, those are like bookends to like a bunch of other instances in the middle of which people didn't like maybe some of your opinions or what you had to say about things. Oh
0: yeah. No, people, people did not like my opinions (laughs) in church (laughs) at all ever.
1: (laughs) Did you love that a little bit?
0: Uh, that- I mean, I'm an Enneagram eight, so yeah, it was like and I have a seven wing, so I i really thrive in chaos where I can um come in and just smash someone in an argument, um or as I say now, I like to light people's Twitter hair on fire, uh, but that that like brings me joy. So um, yeah, no, people <laughs> were not about joy. people were not about justice in any of those spaces, and I was. So, yeah, I mean, I definitely, like, I was like, okay, I need to stop having sex until I get married, which I didn't quite do, but I tried. Um, and I, like, need to start going to church regularly, and I need to, like, vote Republican, I guess. Like, I still care about people, and also, like, a lot of this is bullshit. I really did do the, like, cons- like compassionate conservative bullshit. Like, I was like, oh, yeah, that's me, right? Like, I'm not trying to, like, fuck people over, um, I had that phase just, as well. Jesus was a white Republican dude. Like this is obvious. Um, no, I didn't like, and I didn't even think that. I was like, this is like the mission of Christ as we understand it through like all of the, um, you know, all of the documents that we have managed to, like scrape together. Uh, was so much. It was so much broader than any of that shit, right? And I was like, I like, I I could always see that part of it. Again, you know. My mom wanted me to be a republican, like i she would have um she would have my brother and me go uh what is the word campaign for local republican uh politicians um so we'd like go door to door and like ask people to vote um for my mom's friends uh,
3: so,
0: <laughs> and my mom was like, <laughs> that's awful My mom was in, it's
1: like jehovah's it was terrible. political
0: it was so fucking bad. it was so fucking bad um my brother and I got to the point where we were just like drive over and like just park and not actually get out of the car and go do the thing. <laughs> so there's that. Um, <clears throat> yeah. But you know, my, and my mom was like an anti-abortion activist in Oregon and Oregon uh, in the early nineties, I believe was trying to uh, make abortion a constitutional right in, in the state constitution. Um, okay. So my mom was very anti that and did a shit ton of organizing. And like, uh, so she and her little buddies would like, they'd go protest. Um, and, you know, my mom had me watch like anti abortion propaganda before I could read. Uh, so she was really, she got an award from Phyllis Schlafly. If that means anything to anybody listening. It-
1: not ringing any bells uh, for
0: me. Uh yeah. So she was the founder of Eagle Form. Basically, she weaponized like white conservative suburban women against like any kind of uh social policy because well at the end of the day, like maybe they are doing some good things, but they're also killing babies. <laughs> so she really like <laughs> organized a shit ton of that stuff. Um The 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 propaganda for that
1: movement was like brutal, like the videos, the like the way that they tried to they they lingered on like a lot of imagery uh, in order to grotesque details, Mm
2: -hmm. yeah, Mm -hmm. to push that. There's like what was it two weeks ago? So there's a truck that drives around in Wichita. The
0: truck, yeah, they used to come to Liberty, dude.
1: You don't? Did you remember them at Liberty's campus?
0: No, I don't think I saw it at Liberty. I've definitely seen the truck here.
3: Yeah, they got, used to come to uh, <laughs>
1: like
2: just horrible pictures of dead babies and fetuses and things like that all over it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
2: So I yeah. see that truck around periodically, and then there's like a. It's not even like a Planned Parenthood. It's just like a
0: like a know, clinic. pregnancy
2: help center. You yeah, know? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
2: And once in a while, somebody's standing outside. But yeah, like two weeks ago, there was somebody standing outside with a sign like this. 2 foot by 3 foot picture of a dead fetus on this sign standing and it, it's it's so hard to remember how you justified stuff like that. and nobody yeah. in my group would would have done that that's way way out there mm-hmm. you know
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i don't know yeah it's just um, a bizarre
2: form of extremism
0: there is there is a clinic uh, a couple blocks from me and so <laughs> uh, I know, I drove past one day and I noticed that uh, there were some people like standing out front, and I was like, "Oh, is this my moment? And so I like literally like run into the house, change shoes because it's fucking cold outside and I don't want to be standing outside for a long time in my chucks because I know that these conversations take a minute. So I'm literally like getting dressed to go have a conversation with these two people. And I like go down there and I'm like, hey, can you like tell me about this sign that you have? Because it was, I'm not going to say what it was, but it's like this organization that obviously is doesn't like abortion, um, a Christian organization. I should be more specific. And so, um, yeah, uh, had a, had a long conversation with this individual who, um, most, I mean, there were other people there. I I literally scared multiple of them off. Like this guy was the (laughs) only one who stayed and he, um, he literally, he literally was like, okay, well I have to go now, (laughs) which he didn't have to. I was just like right there.
1: Like it you know is, you had is, this blocked for like at least four man. hours of standing here. Come on. Yeah, you, <laughs> was like, you charge the plate. <laughs> I was,
0: I, you know, the only reason, like the only reason that I left was because I had to like run an errand before I picked my kids up from school. Um, but I was like, that gives me at least 45 minutes to an hour to talk this motherfucker down. And um I was like, okay, so like let's, you know, let's talk. Like we have to talk about the consequences of your policies because they're harmful. Right. Um but he wasn't this is rude. He wasn't really like up to my level. Um like oh, didn't really I'm understand not like surprised, but... uh well it like just didn't didn't understand, like felt like the solutions for everything were like people he knew individually who's like, well, I know someone who can babysit your kid, right? Like I know somebody who can take you to the hospital. Oh, I right? like, yeah. Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, but what about like the 20, 30, 40,000 other people in our town who are right now pregnant. Like what about them? I don't, I have no idea how many pregnant people are in my town. Um, And I was like, you are advocating for the use of state violence against people who have a uterus. And he like did not understand, like could not understand the words that were coming out of my mouth. And I definitely remember being in that space where I couldn't fully grasp, like, what somebody was talking about. And I really did try to, like, unpack it for him. I was like, look, if you want to ban abortion, you have to use state violence. That is the only way to do it, right? To enforce this ban that you were advocating for. Thankfully, again, that particular group is not advocating for policy changes specifically, or at least if they were, like, he had no fucking clue. (laughs) But anyway, that was like my, that was like my fun thing for the week last week. And I'll probably, I, love that I think he's still down me. there. That, so I'm going to go back.
1: That am going
0: to go back. Like, Hi, buddy. <laughs> How's it going?
1: I would like go talk about some shit. I would definitely have to pound like four or five, six beers before I decide to go ahead and return and have that conversation. Oh, no!
0: this yes! Is like, that's how this is like, this is what it. gets me high.
1: That's yeah, I don't know. That's terrible to me. I like, uh, I do, especially when it comes to like family members. As soon as stuff like this comes up, I'm just like, I'm out. I can't do it.
0: <laughs> I'm so fighty. My parents have always hated this about me. I am so fucking fighty. Like, I will, I will go toe to toe with you every single time. And my, like, my parents really just like they, they ultimately like made a rule that like. When they said the conversation was over, like the conversation was over and I couldn't talk to my siblings about it even because they were like, <laughs> you, you know, just want to talk about stuff them. forever. And I'm like, yeah, because what you're doing is fundamentally fucked, mom. Like, of course I want to talk <laughs> about it until you figure that out. So, yeah, they had to ban my my rants, my tirades. <laughs> That's
1: uh, such a hilarious punishment. Dude, oh, the conversation's my over. Shut the fuck up, kid. <laughs> Well, it's funny, thinking about the conversations you're having with people in that space uh, about abortion, it's like, when you shift out of that line of thinking that we came from, where it's yeah. like, it, it, to be honest, it's simple answers. It's very, like, cut and yeah. dry, black and white, and it, uh-huh, it you kind know, of is. So when you, like, move on, from, like, this is how I feel about, like, you know, as I shifted out of evangelicalism, and you're like, they, the they want to have a conversation about what they think the Bible says. You're like, look, we can't even talk about these issues until we have a conversation, 10 other conversations about how the Bible actually works, what it is, why it's here, how it was put together, why we don't think the same things about it. Like it's same with abortion. It's like, you, you want to have a conversation about like this one aspect, whether or not a a philosophical argument about when life begins. Right. What about all the other things, which is, even, and this is something it took me forever to understand like again late to the game uh and probably still misinformed but it even when you look at like having kids and watching people around you have kids and the amount of times that like, the only way that they the only system set up uh to make it a viable option is like only, really women get time uh if mm-hmm. they if anyone i mean and that's if a more recent does, yeah. thing uh yeah. but like men get like they have to use their vacation time to get two, three weeks. Now it, that's changing in Massachusetts where I live, which is cool. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, but when you think of how like the options that have been available to people for so long, when you look at the disparity in the way that men and women are paid, of course, the woman's yeah. always going to be the one to dip from their professional career because right. they're, Getting Cultural paid less coding. historically, yeah. and it's like yeah, you really. have to address like at least a dozen other problems in yep. society before yep. you can even really get to like yep. why all that stacks up against your philosophical argument that really is not a epistemological. It's like it it's, it's a epistemological dead end. Yes.
0: I agree, I agree. And, and you know, I, I did try to bring that up. I was like, look, okay, if you're trying to save babies in this town right now who are like what about that?
1: Yeah. Well they're alive, so you know, for now. But yeah, I mean, when- that
0: was kind of what it that's kind of what he said. He was like, So you think it's better to be aborted than to live up in poverty? When you grew up in poverty, I wouldn't know if I was aborted dumbass. Like <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know.
1: I don't know. I was aborted I and it's pretty great. I'm doing
0: like, good. No- so <laughs> oh my God. We had Mason Menenga on on Go Home Bible You're Drunk. And yeah, he was like, I would have wanted to be an aborted baby because you get like a sticker in heaven and you get to walk around and be like, yeah, bitches, I was aborted. <laughs>
2: <laughs> he get an extra crown. Yeah. An exclusive crown. Someone
1: on my list.
0: Oh, heaven. Don't want to go there. That was another thing. Oh my gosh, as a kid, I did not want to go to heaven. I was like, this sounds awful. <laughs> What are you fucking saying? Jesus
1: that. all day. Everyone felt that. No one fucking said it. I bet you said it. You seem like the kind of. Person
0: oh, I did. I, I was like, I don't <laughs> think I want to go. <laughs> <laughs> no, I told my mom, I was like, I don't think I want to go. We're just going like,
2: to sing these four chord praise and worship songs <laughs> no, forever. Forever. I want to die. Just let me die. <laughs> right. Can I just turn off the light switch, please? That's
0: literally, that's literally, that was my plan. I was like, I'm going to get to heaven and I'm just going to be like, y'all, look, you're, you've got some folks here doing your choir shit. Like, can I just bounce? Like, just yeah. cancel me
1: yeah you're like do they have suicide in heaven no <laughs> i know
0: like i want to <laughs> stop existing this is exhausting <laughs> i did this my whole damn life
1: you're telling Please me that i me can't stop call a at all
0: <laughs> never never. Dude,
1: there's
2: a great like fiction book in there somewhere about people who die and go to heaven and slowly realize that it's like an eternal torment yeah. you know <laughs> there's just less fire? C.S. Lewis,
1: didn't c.s lewis have a little <laughs> something like that
0: the Great Divorce. What are you? T- which one Yardian? are you talking
1: about, C.S. Lewis? Yeah, yeah. No, the, <laughs> oh, wow. was it The Great Divorce? C.S. Lewis kind of had something like that. It was like more about a journey or something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, it was. About, Casey.
0: It was like purgatory-ish.
1: Yeah, purgatory light,
0: or something. Yeah,
1: you're thinking of Frank Peretti, oh. Sam.
0: Oh, oh fuck God. that guy! <laughs>
1: <laughs> He's as prolific as Stephen King, and at like just. I don't know what it's like to not stack up to any literary works, but to write that much, oh, you can do that only yeah, with like true. Christian publishing, right? You can always be like just okay enough to get published, in,
0: uh oh, and they will, they will, they will sell your shit for like sure. God, like we're, how we're, how I'm, I'm still waiting books. on God's Not Dead twelve. Were know? they? Yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> that one's that one's about an aborted fetus. <laughs> do you believe in God? I can't talk. <laughs> like, Oh my uh, gosh! What is funny about the abortions thing? The
2: that, like whole abortion argument is like life is life, right? That's that's the crux of the conservative position on it. That there is no as hierarchy. long as you haven't committed any
1: serious crimes yet.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, that's the thing is like the the argument that they make is that like life is life. There is no hierarchy to life. If you're alive, you're alive, and you have the same fundamental rights and blah blah blah. <laughs> But they clearly have a hierarchy to life like it's it's you know, you when when they make arguments against like having even simple provisions for like the health of the mother, it's like, well, you're putting a hierarchy in place there, aren't you? Like, I don't know, it's just it's like this weird, just uh, uh, mental merry-go-round that whole argument is is.
0: it is it's an ideological cul-de-sac absolutely like in every there's nowhere to go with it and i think that's why they use it i think that that's why it was something they could weaponize because it's like you can't get out like once you're once you're on that train like it just goes in a circle forever there's nowhere to go with it
2: it's true yeah i think so it's like do what you want you know think what you want do what you want just don't try to make policy out of it. If you want to think that over yeah. there, go think that over there. Don't make
0: policy that affects everyone I would else. Love this. Absolutely, absolutely. And that's, I mean, I, I, I feel like it's not. That's not even an abortion issue for me. That's just like basic morality. Like, don't politicize people's bodies because when you do, you wind up with bullshit like the three-fifths compromise and like, yeah,
1: no fucking shit. Holy cow.
0: Indian savages being literally in the Constitution, like yeah when you start politicizing people's bodies like you are are, that's like you're already in a very fucked up position like morally i think you have lost like any any moral high ground or argument at that point period right um and so and you know it's it's precisely the same for like transgender folks and and non-binary folks I, i you know it's like Once you once you are politicizing someone's body in order to like score points or like I mean technically get votes, but like score points for your team, like that's that's fucked up. Like you once that's that's a line, right? And we haven't even gotten to the point where we are like, We're not going to politicize people's bodies. (laughs) We haven't even like we haven't gotten
1: there. it's ironically from the limited government. Stay out of my business party,
0: mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. there's a
1: quick shift when it comes to people that make them uncomfortable. It's like, ha, we can let's uh put a circle around these people and make rules What's, for that. What is
0: your gender? I need to yeah. know what your gender is because I need to know how to treat you right now, and I can't tell. If it doesn't look like either of these
1: people on the bathroom stalls. We have a problem. It's like, yeah. okay, those are stick <laughs> we have figures. A fucking problem. Well, stick figures. I don't know. Like.
0: When- here's the thing if i can't tell if you are a man or a woman very clearly then that just means that like you're probably going to assault me so i'm just going to preemptively call like white lady customer service i mean nine one one and um (laughs) get your ass arrested like uh it's it's like it's just it's constant it's everywhere and it like yeah it's just you can't get out of these arguments with them yeah it's true
1: it it It's the same circulatory reasoning that keeps bringing you around. And you're (laughs) like, I'm tired. I don't, I don't have time to answer the same question 12 times in a row. I'm going home.
0: Have you seen me on Twitter?
1: I have time. I'm talking to me. I know where you're at. I'm tired, Tori. I don't have it in me anymore.
0: I respect that. Absolutely. I do.
2: What about Uh, euthanasia? That's like a, that's a very weird subject in that community you know like
0: they were. oh my god they were so oh my god i remember that Mm -hmm.
1: i remember that that being talked about in world magazine did you guys get world magazine nice no
0: we like we probably my mom probably got a subscription for it at the library so she wouldn't have to pay for it (laughs) because my mom was a (laughs) library volunteer (laughs) so she got to help choose like which magazines they would subscribe to um yeah no i definitely i definitely remember remember that one that was that was a new yeah that was fun that mm. one's
2: weird because that it's was, like now you are talking about someone's choice over their own body without a doubt without a doubt. that is exactly right. what you're talking about. There's like right. all the fundamental premise of like that's a person that can't choose right like that's not a factor in euthanasia, but universally against it mm-hmm. you know yeah,
0: yeah. God you wanting to end home. yes, you wanting to end your suffering before your body gives up is offensive to me as a human being. Like, what are you even talking about? But it's, it's again, it's like this entire culture, like even evangel- like white evangelicalism especially is like punishment is the point, right? Like the point of it is to control self-flagellation. with, well, you want people, yes, you want people to control themselves so that you don't have to do it. But it, like barring that you want to be able to control people. You want to be able to control every, every aspect of their lives. Um, which again, it's like, you're talking about small government and out here trying to recreate some kind of weird thing where nobody gets any say in anything except like if they choose to make $11 an hour or $12 an hour, because they're choosing between like McDonald's and Burger King. Like those are the choices you want people to make. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, it, it's, it's, it is like, to me, it's, a, it's not like a cut and dry issue, but it it is... It's just proof that what they're arguing in terms of abortion is not like um it's it's just it doesn't it doesn't have any legs, it's just words that are coming out of their mouth and I just to clarify when I say it's not a cut and dry issue, I understand that like it can be really touchy for some people to feel a certain way about like if I want my life to end, um like because I'm suffering physically, people see that as very different from like if I want my life to end because I'm suffering mentally and again like this is like a hierarchy thing thanks descartes or whoever the fuck but it's like the brain versus body stuff right yeah um and so it's like there's only a certain kind of stuff only a certain kind of suffering exists right and no it doesn't and, and it doesn't that, matter it's right? line to walk it's, it's the specific type of physical suffering that is the only kind that exists that's the only kind that merits any kind of attention and also we are going to use that specifically to make you do the things that we want you to do right whether you're talking about like corporal punishment with your kids or or like the prison industrial complex like the the rules for the game are pretty much the same right? It's like, there's no, it's like, you're not a human being, right? You are a thing that I control. And, um, I mean, that was, at least that's how I was parented. I don't know about you guys. Um, and yeah, yeah, it just takes you down these, it takes you to these really, really dark places where, you know, you're having, you're having these conversations about like, no, it's really important for me for, for my personal religious beliefs that you suffer as long as humanly possible right and this is the thing with like with like fatal like birth defects too It's is like well you still have to have the baby because you can't kill it because that's not fair and it's like well yeah but there there's a difference between like being able to feel pain and not being able to feel pain and like why would we want to put first of all a mother through the psychological trauma of giving birth to a baby that is literally going to die um and also like why would you what, i thought i thought like Fetus lives matter, right? Like, why do you want, why is it as soon as like the baby's born? It's like, well, fuck it. Sorry, you're in pain. It's just going to have to be that way. You've got about 72 minutes. Like, you guys, your morality is just fundamentally fucked. And it's all built around this like punishment. This idea of punishment being, punishment is better than like any kind of cooperation, right? It is better than working together. It is better than even having a conversation. Right, at least again, like I maybe I'm projecting a little bit because this is how I was raised, but it was, yeah, it was it was always like punishment is the best option, regardless of like what the situation is, and and like you said, we weren't even doing anything that was really horribly wrong, right? Like the the I like teepeed someone's house, you know? (laughs) It's like what are you even doing? It's not we're not doing right. We're not. It's a slippery slope from TP to gang banging. Um, but there's like, there's like this, this thing of, we no punishment is the only option. Like we're not even gonna have a conversation with you, right? It's, that's it. Yeah.
1: Um, I wonder if some of that comes from that feeling of like the, the message, the, the type of Christian message I had as a kid, you know, was all like the human, we're all wicked and the heart is deceitful above all things. Like there's this this narrative that we're all absolutely garbage and trash and if it wasn't but for the, by the grace of god and the redeeming blood of christ and and it's like i feel like th- that probably subconsciously because i don't think i was said it, anyone said it explicitly but mm-hmm. it probably subconsciously brings in these ideas of like you you deserve bad things when mm. you do bad things because you mm-hmm. really deserve bad things and hell all the time mm-hmm. so just mm-hmm. not getting that is grace enough and I, i'm sure i feel like that might have something to do with it I'm not Well, sure and it's, about it's that. really
0: interesting that that specific part that specific piece of it is really interesting because it's like when that is being preached from the pulpit by someone who frequently has no, like there's no authority over that person at all right like when you're talking about these autonomous churches, um, it, that only goes one direction and it's down. Like there's, there's, there's no, like, I, this doesn't apply to me. Like punish, like I get grace, right? Like, yeah, I'm a sinner too. I fuck up, but I get grace. I don't get punishment. Like the rules are just different for people in power. Like, hello, look at Donald Trump. Um, like, I don't, I don't, I don't, the consequences do not apply to me, but I will enforce them with everything I have.
2: Yeah, there's, there, there is a weird obsession and I think it's strong in that community. And I think like the after effects, even after you leave it, it's almost like it's a, it's a very American idea, like this obsession with punishment and like spank your kids when they make choices you don't agree with and then when adults make choices we don't agree with life spanks them and we need to protect that if there's not consequences the whole place is gonna like come untied you know so like we can't talk about why drug addiction is a problem why it's happening we just Uh have to up the consequences. you know why this is a problem the consequences aren't dire enough mandatory minimums put them in jail forever and when time after time you see that that like that doesn't address the fundamental problem that that is leading to that outcome there's like such a uh romantic sentimental attachment to the punishment structure that it's almost yeah. impossible to try to get it to change you know
0: yeah i i mean it's tough and this definitely goes much farther than than evangelicalism you know like i live like in Portland, um, our mayor is uh, like, well, so he's the, our mayor is the police commissioner. Just going to do this really quickly. And he wants more money for the cops. And we were like, no, defund the police. And uh, he was like, well, yeah, but now they're really, really busy. And it takes them a long time to respond to calls. And so basically we have this kind of, we have like many other major cities, there was a huge uptick in, in people who were um, unhoused because of the pandemic and the way that that fucked up the economy and anybody who was close to the edge, um, and these are these are things that like even if you're not going to house someone, even if you're not going to provide them shelter, like you can you can pick up the tr- you can have trash pickup like at homeless camps, right? Like this is this is really basic, and and he just straight up refuses to do that because he wants it to look bad. Like, he wants the city to look awful so that he can run with this narrative of, we need more cops. And it's like, we very clearly have the data that shows that, like, when you house people, crime will go down. (laughs) We know this. Other countries have done this. Other cities in the US have done this. Like, we know how to fix these problems. And it's less expensive. Like, housing someone for a year is like, okay, in in, in our city, like, let's be extravagant, I guess you can, you can find cheaper housing this, but let's say it's $30,000 a year. Someone being in jail for a year is like $130,000. Like I, I just, I realized today, literally, I was like, Oh, we live in the fucking hunger games. We just tell ourselves that we don't like, we yeah. just have to have this thing like these people who are beneath us. Right. And we put this massive investment into watching them suffer because it's literally less, it's literally less expensive to like house someone feed them, give them medical care and therapy, and job training than to keep them in jail for a year. By like a third. This is what we're choosing, right? It's unbelievable. We're choosing punishment, and it's not even because it's like we can't afford anything else. We literally are spending three times as much to do this to people. It makes no sense to me.
2: I uh, I don't have... I don't get that stock in prison camps. (laughs) (laughs) Or homeless camps. I messed up my own joke. (laughs) <laughs>
0: That's true. I'm like, you don't, you don't. But you do get to whine about how unsafe you feel.
1: Yeah. yeah. So Especially. Especially if you're white. It's great.
0: So, so. mostly if you're white, yeah. Yeah,
1: it's <laughs> <cool>. <laughs> I want to uh I love this, but I actually do want to get into your, how you transitioned out of kind of the, I mean, you were so into it for so long, like why 30, why, like what, what kind of, it sounds like you were on that path. I mean, I recognize the path a little bit.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and so, but what was the kind of that final straw? Cause if I'm understanding this correctly, uh, you, I mean, you don't call yourself Christian anymore. Right. Uh, so and that's a big step and a lot of people are functionally who they are and and kind of just trying to blend it uh like so like but making that that step that they could do in the whole like plunge into i'm not i'm just not a christian anymore um yeah when did you get to that point like what kind of led up to that and
0: um so i think that the 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 thing that kind of Broke, I guess the thing that kind of broke the camel's back for for me in my particular case was seeing the response from my denomination to Michael Brown being murdered um, and kind of going like, oh, like, you say that God created everyone equal and you taught me my entire life to love my neighbor, but you don't actually mean any of that. Like, that doesn't apply. Again, it's like that doesn't apply to you for some reason. Um and so I was like, oh, I'm like, I'm very much not wanted in this space. Like I am not value here. Huh? Okay. That's, and I'm like, I'm making it sound kind of flippant right now. It was, it was traumatizing. Like it took me three years to even like figure it out. Like it was so horrifically violent and racist, their responses. Um, so I, it's, it was not like this, oh, you don't like me. It was like, holy fuck. Like this is terrifying, right? Like this is, this is, Mm. what you want to apply to anyone who does anything that you don't like and doesn't look like you. Right. And so I was kind of like, y'all, this is, I'm like, this is, this is kind of fucked. And so I was like, I'm, I want to, you know, like, maybe I should just check out other churches. Um, cause that was, that was in 2014. And, uh, you know, so I kind of like slowly started (laughs) trying to like, uh, disentangle myself from the church that i was in uh mm-hmm. which was weirdly fucked up and messy also and um i was like well maybe you know maybe i'll just check out some other churches uh just to see like what is like what's going on and it was just really hard because you know i was in these spaces where um again i was like my quote unquote peers in those spaces like young moms um, i was like you're you don't have real problems like the things that you were bringing up are not, I, I'm, I'm sitting here thinking about like the person, the cops killed yesterday and you're concerned about like, you're not going to be able to trade in your leased car for an extra six months because something, 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 and your <laughs> mom didn't die in time. So you didn't get her inheritance. Like I, like, I, I was just like, you people do not have real problems. <laughs> right. Um, And so I was like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not loving this. And the other thing too was like, stopped
1: carrying their favorite organic brand.
0: Oh my gosh, right? <laughs> like, you I can't buy
1: pretzel buns anywhere. <laughs>
0: pretzel, <laughs> um pretzel <laughs> buns are good, man. They have them in Trader Joe's. Um
3: so, <laughs> Pro tip. So
0: I was like, um I was like, oh, I don't like this. And and I, you know, I was I was thinking very critically, and I'd always been thinking very critically about like the way that I was just expected to be anti-queer, despite like you know everything i knew about myself and i to use some major christianese like wrestled with that for over a decade because i was just like what the fuck am i supposed to do with this right like i'm not supposed to i'm not supposed to love queer people at least at least i'm supposed to vote in a way that punishes them for existing right um and so I, I, you know, I finally I had a couple of realizations. One of them was with queer folks. I was like, okay, so if we're going to draw a circle for like who's in and who's out, I would rather include too many people than exclude people that Jesus has 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 cared for and loved and wants me to do the same, right? Um, so that was, that was a major one. Uh, the other thing was um, like playing with my kids, like playing soccer in the front yard of our house and realizing like if God were my next door neighbor and he was a parent of a young child and he behaved the way towards that young child that he behaved like in a smaller sense, like he treated that child the way he treated anyone in the Bible that he didn't like, I would call CPS. And I don't even believe in calling the fucking cops. You guys like, I'm just like, that's, that's fucking gross. Like I'm a better person than God. <laughs> Right? Because it's like, my kid messes up and I just tell them like, hey, like, let's talk, right? Like, let's talk about why I'm frustrated. Let's talk about why you're frustrated. And, and, you know, why I don't like cleaning up when you dump a quart of syrup on the floor. (laughs)
1: yeah um, and then after they do it a second time you apply curses to their children's children right you do that <laughs> afterwards i mean at some point you have to uh, apply a generational curse
0: a generational curse yes like i'm sorry you're gonna be slaves of your brother oh it just <laughs> it happens that's just how it goes um well, it sucks to
1: suck but you shouldn't have fucked up i don't know you
0: shouldn't have done oh, it your problem. It's your, i didn't I have tell some you. personal
1: responsibility asshole right you, you didn't,
0: didn't know, you know what the back. rules were so yeah, that's what happens. <laughs> that's what happens. And I'm just like, like just putting this down to scale, just, just the idea of hell, right? Like just the idea that like hell exists and God created it. I'm like, okay, so that means that like in order for me to parent the way that God parents, I would have to basically use like a blowtorch on my kid every time they fucked up.
1: Yeah. Fuck, yeah With no explanation. Like, edge, but it's Like
0: no explanation. I don't have to give any kind of information before or after. It's just like, nope. You're burning, yeah. uh, and I was just like, "No, uh, uh-uh, uh no, we're not doing that shit. No, thank you." Um, so that was a that was a huge one for me. Um, and I was kind of like, "Oh, like that means that God can be wrong about things. Like, oh, God ask, is wrong about shit."
1: Yeah. So, like, I I guess the question I want to ask to that is, uh, and this is explaining, not really. I don't feel like you're defending yourself. It's I hate oh, yeah, this yeah. question. Um, but so like some people go, I ah, just, I'm done. I'm not Christian anymore. This isn't going to work for me. I can't keep this language or these metaphors. And some people go like the liberal Christian route where they would agree with everything you said, where, mm-hmm, yeah. Right. Well, uh, or God's not wrong, but you don't really, like, what you have in the Bible is just like obviously right. not what God's like or
0: right, kind of yeah.
1: Bible works. So like, what, what was it about your experience that made you go like, that just kind of pushed you out versus uh, feeling like you needed to keep the language, I guess, grafted to you and, and move into like a liberal theology or something like that.
0: Um, so honestly, what it was, was I went back to school. And so I started taking, um, I took a couple of biology classes and like growing up in, you know, my parents were not young earth creationists growing up which is something that they were not fanatics about for some Um but so I'm like taking this biology class and, and growing up, you're taught like, okay, there's science and there's the Bible, right? And they're both, it's like, they're, they're both just books, right? They're both people's ideas about how the world works. And like, I got into class and I was like, oh no, like these are ideas that build upon one another and we're frequently wrong about shit and having to correct it. But we still have, like, you know, over the last hundred years, let's just say, like, we have a lot of, we've accumulated a lot of data to back up these ideas that we're pretty, like, we're not, we're not just, like, running with evolution for no reason, you know, because we hate God. Um, like, there's actually, there's actually data here, right? And, and we can, like, we can look at DNA, right? And we can look at the fossil record and we can compare things to see if they line up. Right. And um, I was just, you know, I'd never taken a real science class in my entire life. And um, I I technically
1: still haven't. So that's cool. That's
0: fair. fair. (laughs) Um, This was this was I was like, oh, like this is this is this is incredible on its own. Like, I don't need I don't need a creator to make this awe inspiring this shit is wild, man. And, and I like, I'm in awe of it every single day. And like, I'm, I'm obsessed with hiking, which, you know, if you follow me on Twitter, you know that, um, like upset, like I'm weird. Um, and I'm just like, Oh my God, like trees, fucking trees. Like, have you ever just sat down and like sat with the tree? I don't know why. Like, I'm just, I'm like, and it's not even like a hippie. It's not even like hippie bullshit. Like it's, it's not woo at all. I'm just like, this is fucking incredible. <laughs>
2: I, what about magnets? I appreciate your lack of woo. I <laughs> applaud that. I love it.
0: Um, I do. I do like astrology memes, but that's a different thing. Um, but yeah, I'm like, so I'm just like, oh my god, like all of this, all of this stacks up. Like all of it adds up. And and and, like the Bible for starters, because it's a bunch of books and maps and weird emails that didn't get sent in time. Like it's. It's so, like it contradicts itself very frequently, right? Because it's not, yeah. it wasn't meant to be a cohesive narrative. Right. Um, and, you know, hey, look, science contradicts itself very frequently too. And we get to figure out like, okay, we have to re-examine this. We have to go back and remeasure, We have to change the parameters of what we're looking at. And when we get better information, we improve, right? And with the Bible, when you get better information, you just have to double down, um and I was like oh okay like this is I'm like I love this all of this is beautiful and it's just as awe-inspiring as believing that that God made all of it and like I know how I fucking felt the first time I saw the Canadian Rockies like that shit was real right and it doesn't matter if God created that or not like that is awe-inspiring to me Well, you know some people don't like mountains or whatever." Um, this is like this is truly incre- like see like seeing a seeing a fucking comet like this shit is incredible and I'm like I just don't need someone to have made it like it's almost a little bit more incredible if it just happened.
1: I, I'm
2: with you there. <laughs> that's that's about how I feel too. And like you know, you always hear Christians say that sort of thing, like you know, creation is, you know, you look at creation and be in awe of the God who created it and stuff. And it's like, I, I'm the same way. Like I spent a lot of time outside. Like yeah. we're about to go on a big trip. We will spend 90% of our time during the day, probably like bent over looking at rocks and bugs. And.
0: Oh my gosh. You know, it's amazing. You
2: can be nervous like-
1: when you started with bent over. So I'm, <laughs> it ended in a way that I don't know. You have outside. Dude, bugs.
0: Bugs are so cool. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I remember last year, like,
2: uh, we were walking around because we live on some property outside of mm-hmm. Wichita. And there, it was like the time of the year when the walnuts are all like falling off and acorns and stuff. And, you know, we got these like big acorns, ones with the big hats on top, you know, the furry ones. And I was like, pop the top off of this acorn. and I'm looking at it. And like the shell has this just like beautiful, like marbled brown, Pattern to it, and there's so many colors and stuff. And I'm sitting there looking at it. I'm like, like this is this is such a small thing that's like, it's 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 awe inspiring. Like it's so beautiful, and it will be gone in a month. Uh And then next year there'll be more, you know. And it's fleeting, and it's and it's great, and it's like you, yeah. Like I, I don't, I don't identify with like the the spiritual side of that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. but it doesn't make it any less uh
0: yeah it does gratifying you know it doesn't take anything away at least for me that like not believing in a higher power or what have you like that doesn't take anything away from those kinds of experiences for me I just you know and and I think that you know now that I don't have to worry about being sent to heaven um I have <laughs> I have I'm like oh I get to like enjoy all of this right now. And then, you know, because I'm not going to have it forever. And I'm, you know, thankfully not going to be anywhere forever. And this is like, this is great. This is gorgeous. Like, and I also get to go to the coast and like, see the fucking Milky Way and go, oh, like, I, I'm a germ. Like, I do not matter in any of this at all. And I do like, I also have immense value and because i have like value and privilege like i need to like relative privilege but still like i need to spend that on behalf of people who have less and it's just weird to be in this very interesting kind of dichotomy right um of like nothing matters at all like we are so irrelevant on this we're like like, earth is not even a speck of dust in the universe like functionally speaking and yeah i still get to see this beauty and i still get to care for my fucking neighbors like that is cool like that is amazing um so that's really where i landed on it
1: (laughs) no i think that's great it's like the difference between like as a you know as you're the difference between like meaning being like intrinsic versus something that is you give meaning like meaning like Mm. there's in christianity it's like and the especially the kind that we grew up in it's like things specifically have meaning because they have meaning because they have meaning because they have meaning. Like it comes from nothing just like God. So it works out and you don't have to explain anything, but like really all meaning is just prescribed by the individual. And as a society, you get to have conversations about why things should or shouldn't have meaning. Like, you know, we have obviously talked so far about the things that, you know, could some of these conservatives that we disagree with uh, and that the things that they place meaning on versus the things that we place meaning on. But it, I think that's what's tough, you know, it, it and why it makes it tough for people to make the leap to that more of um just the gray area, the ethical gray area, the moral gray. Because mm. it's like once meaning isn't like intrinsic,
0: right?
1: You have to figure that out together. And it's like, well, I feel like I have meaning, so therefore I have meaning and therefore I want to treat other people the way I it kind of just I mean, you kinda of get back to the golden rule in a sense, but you when do. we're talking about like abortion, you and really then, do societal ills and how to address them. It's like because we're still all of us who have left this idea that says meaning's intrinsically applied and therefore we apply it to fetuses and then ignore the rest of the conversation. No, we arrived right. where we're at because we recognize that meaning is powerful, uh, and mm-hmm. that it is what makes us maybe human, our ability to apply meaning to certain things. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I so I think hearing your perspective on that is is neat and I appreciate that.
0: Thanks.
2: So like on the same note, as far as I I think we talked a lot about like the security of certainty, you know, and, mm-hmm. and how some people that's, that's like a warm blanket to them, right? Just like knowing the ultimate purpose of everything and, and, and just having no doubts as to what, you know, that that God created the universe and blah, 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 blah. like I feel like even going back to the context of like, looking at a tree, like to me, looking at that tree as a young person and, and feeling those feelings and then having to like square them with this feelings that I should have about this or that God is great and that he created this and I should be in awe of that. And, and, you know, feeling like this constant need and guilt over like Making sure you're prescribing that meaning to the right things, you know, and mm-hmm. and for me it was like, it was like a weight off my shoulders, yeah. not having to do that anymore. To just be yeah. able to be like, it's a, you know, that mountain is incredible. It's impressive, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. This is a great mm-hmm. thing, and I don't know where it came from or why it's here or if there's even answers to those questions. And that's fine. I I really don't care. I just. I'm sorry. Love there that are mountain.
0: answers in Genesis. I don't know if you've heard about this, <laughs> but. Kenny bowl, right? We gotta reach the <laughs> Kenny <boy>. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> oh man, yeah. I, you know, like, just, just, just as an example, like, I've recently started getting into like just geology and like rock formations because again, like, hiking and I'm I'm outside a lot and we're like we're on the very edge of of a like. Tectonic plate in Portland, and so um, there's a lot of really weird, like geological shit that goes on here. And you know, I, I earlier in the year, like this last summer, one of the hikes that I went on is one that I've been meaning to go on forever, and um, had like finally got. I finally got around to doing it. Um, and it's this, it's a, it's a loop, but you go to basically you go to this waterfall, and we got there. The waterfall was gorgeous. And we're just like sitting in the trees and like just enjoying this moment. And it's like lightly raining. And so eventually like we we move on, right? And so it's like, okay, well, that was the thing, right? That was the thing that we came to see. Um, And we like, we're walking and we come like not to a clearing, but to like the trees are spaced out much further. And like the rocks are lined up the wrong direction. Like, they fell down. They're literally vertical and not horizontal. And I'm like, what the fuck happened here? And then there's, like, all these crushed rocks, like, underneath, like, coming towards the path. And then there's these massive boulders on the other side of the river. And I was like, this shit fell down at some point. I don't know when, but, like, that's amazing. I, I, this was like, I, I was joking about this, but it's actually true. This is, like, the first... Uh, hike that I have ever been on, where I like audibly screamed. <laughs> 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 I was like so excited, and it was it was absolutely stunning. Like the colors were amazing, and you could see like it was. I was just like, like did a mountain fall over here? Like what happened? And I, you know, started googling it um, because I'm a nerd. And um, but it was it was just it was such an incredible moment. I was like, it's not, this is, this isn't how rocks work. This is how gravity works. Like what has happened? And you know, those rocks have fuck, maybe they've been there for 40, 50, hundred thousand years tipped over like that. I don't know. But, uh, I walked past and I was like, this is, this is what connects me personally. Like, this is what connects me to like where I exist. And yeah, I do choose to find meaning in that. I also, again, like I choose to value my neighbors because I would like to be valued. And it just seems like, Hey, golden rule shit. Right. Um, yeah, there's, there's just, there's so many places to, to find like awe and wonder and to be inspired. Um, and it's just, it's really interesting coming from, coming from like a religious background where like the earth was made to be used up and exploited. Right, yeah. like yeah. that is that's banana, like yep. that is bananas, and I, I, I like I tweeted about this. We're
1: supposed to be good stewards of it, Tory.
0: It says that the Earth will be used up like a garment, and then God's just going to make us a new one. Okay, um, so <laughs> one, of our,
1: one of our chapel stuff, services. Like the that's what my translation said. I don't. Guys... One of
3: our big chapel
2: reading? services at Liberty, Jerry Falwell said from the pulpit that we shouldn't care about environmentalism because God says He's going to destroy the Earth in the end times anyways so like
0: Uh who cares (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah totally then he died oh yeah that that is that's for sure classic jerry uh but it's just it's really it's it's wild to me that somebody like shows up in the in the redwoods and says you know what would be great is if we cut all this shit down right
1: it's so painful. And that's here. what,
0: and that's what I was told growing up. I was told that that is what God wants us to do. Is He wants us to subdue the earth? Not fucking possible, by the way. I Just like throw that out there. Um, like the earth will subdue us. I promise, honey, you ain't going anywhere. <laughs> subdue Even... me, Daddy. No. <laughs> See dust bowl. <laughs> uh huh. Right. I'm like, like you, you can, you can fuck with the planet, and she will fuck with you right back. So yeah,
1: she's gonna kill us all. It's cool. Mm-hmm, I mean, thanks. Mm-hmm, yeah, I get it. We fucking
0: around, finding out. It. It's a real thing. <laughs> yeah, we heard it. We did this ourselves, guys. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just so weird coming from this space where you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to find particular meaning in this. Like, yeah, you're supposed to give it to God. And also, you're supposed to use it to get wealthy.
1: <laughs> like, yeah.
0: you're supposed to use it to create shit that you can sell to people. And it's, it's, it's like. Clearly it's not working, right? Clearly the people who have been here took excellent care of this place because once they were all killed off by disease, you couldn't tell that they had been here. Like,
1: oh my God.
0: It's possible to like live with alongside the planet and not to see it as like an adversary, not to see it as something to be exploited and consumed and thrown away. Um, But here we are. That so. sounds like one of those like
1: spiritual woo woo bullshit messages that my parents didn't like about the movie Pocahontas. So I'm a- going to have to or pass. Or Avatar. Yeah, Avatar
0: oh, no. too. I'm going to have
1: to hard pass on that, Tori, but I appreciate your thoughts.
0: My, uh, uh, yeah, no, my mom was like, you can't watch Star Wars because Yoda is a demon.
1: Oh. hmm Interesting. <laughs> Oops. I, that's a new I'm one so to me. St- I, not
0: I know, I know. He's- oh my God, it was, she's, she's bananas. Um, <laughs> That is, that
1: is not a joke. <laughs> well,
0: sorry, my alarm is going off and it's, no, you're for fine you guys. It's, it's for my kid's OT and he's, that's okay. fine.
1: No, we've had you on for a while and it, but it, it's been so much fun. I want to, I don't know if there's anything you want to, I don't know, throw out there as a, and if you have final comments, if you there's something you were hoping to get out that we walked all over you with dumb jokes before you got a chance to say it. Um, so I don't know if there's anything you want to finish up with, but we could, all, I also want you to, if not, you can kind of direct people towards where you can be found and what other stuff you got going on, like your podcast, things like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm like, honestly, I feel really good about what I got to say and you guys Sweet. are awesome. So oh, I'm okay. very it's here like for that. So <laughs> I'm very here for that. Um, yeah, I am, I'm on Twitter and Instagram for sure. Um, at it's hard to realize
1: who she is all the time because she does change her Twitter handle every 16 change, hours.
0: I do change it a lot. I do it a lot. But I'm going <laughs> to give myself the title that Isabel gave Christopher Columbus because I deserve that shit and he does not. Um, <laughs> well, I didn't realize that they called they called the Atlantic the ocean sea. Cause they had no fucking clue what was on the other side.
1: There's just one.
0: There's, There's one ocean. One. sea.
1: of
2: all the times for the Earth to not be a cube that he could just fall off the other side, you know, I know. it would have been so convenient once in a while.
0: <laughs> True. Uh, yeah. So um, I, I guess like I'm on, I'm on podcast too. I have a podcast called Go Home Bible. You're drunk. We just talk about the Bible, which I love. Like, I love the premise.
1: What, it's incredible. What's in which there? Perfect perfect premise for people like us
0: it's it's just like this is the stuff that is contained in this book and it is very weird and makes you feel a little tipsy even if you were someone who was sober which mad respect but like this book is nuts i like um, it
1: that you cover you cover verses that you tried to explain in your like local college bible studies because i remember right. so you would hit some of those sometimes and i'm like oh I remember that verse and I remember trying to figure out what to do with it and make it make sense. I mean, like, like, that's some whack ass shit, Paul.
2: We're good. <laughs> it's like the one that was going around last week or whatever about the, you know, if a lady seizes you or if your hus if two men are fighting oh, and a my... woman seizes him by the penis and oh, my god. And then I immediately found an article of some Christian dude's explaining it and they're like,
0: "No, we have uh... to think about
2: what's going on here because this lady it's not she's not just trying to protect her husband she's trying to maim this man she wants him separated from the temple unable to worship with them anymore like
0: oh my god i hate it i hate it yeah it's bad it's bad that is that is the worst that is the worst part of go home bible is like having to read the the commentary by uh white dudes who think that they know everything (laughs) (laughs) it's like oh boy y'all aren't aren't racist or sexist or anything cool good job uh so i'm sure <laughs>
1: macarthur and piper and the rest of the johns have uh yeah a lot of good things to say about no, why have, all of, of them every everything
0: they have good things to say about everything and you should just take <laughs> all of its heart um yeah i also have a podcast called white homework and talk about anti-racism stuff and you know just i guess like kind of, kind of like critical race theory in the sense that it's like, this is all the stuff they didn't teach you in school. And, um,
1: and let's be clear. There's, we shouldn't, right. Is that what it's about? Cause we shouldn't yeah, teach DRT I go in over, school.
0: Right. Exactly. I go over um, a lot of things from history and point out why we should not be teaching them in school because critical race theory is Marxism and Marxism is communism and communism is the devil and Karl Marx is in hell. You Brought that
1: home real well. Thank
0: you. Um, I tried. I tried. Um, yeah. So it, it's yeah. It's I we're actually we're actually more radical on on go home Bible than we are on white homework. If that tells you anything, I'm like, oh god, weird. People are gonna think we're really far left. I mean, if they're not wrong, but Jesus.
3: <laughs> that's <laughs> like,
0: awesome. oh oh okay, going there. Cool. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. So that's generally where I am. Just. Uh, person about the internet
2: internet person perfect well it's been great meeting you uh thank you so much much for being here
0: oh my god thank you guys so much it was amazing
2: (laughs) thank everybody for listening and we will catch you next time